in church world, you will get shanked. They will stab you in the back, and they will write a Bible verse on the knife they stab you with. So it's, it's dangerous, right? But at the end of the day, we've got to learn how to, to trust people. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where once again, currently, we are sponsored by no one. So, I'm not going to tell you about my underwear, my mattress, or my home security system, unless one of those people want to sponsor the Perry Noble Leadership <laughs> Podcast. I love it. I do wear some super comfortable underwear. Do you? Though. What are they? Um, I can't talk about it because they're not sponsoring me right now, so we'll just kind of leave it a mystery. All right. Okay, well, there we go. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about five temptations that all wounded leaders face. Now, if if you're in leadership, you've been wounded. It if it comes with the territory. And honestly, Cole, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about it in regards to playing sports. So you played high school football. Mhm. And you you were you were a college athlete as well. What did you do in college? I ran track you in ran college. Track. What yes. event did you run? The 100 and the 200. I I caught a lot of flack from the other people because I had the easiest. I ran the easiest two races, and then I was done. Yeah. So it wasn't really. I mean, it was a long day, but I only ran the one hundred and the two hundred. <laughs> okay, so in your high school career, and you played running back, mm-hmm. and then in, in college, were you ever injured? Did you ever get in, injured? I yes, I would say. What was your worst injury? I, I kind of tore. Not completely tore, but I tore my hip flexor one time. Dear Lord. Well, and... I tore my hip flexor. (laughs) Well, you don't... I don't... It's funny because you don't realize how much you, like, have to lift your leg up. Yeah. And so, like, I wasn't able to lift my leg up at all. Yeah. And so, like, you can't drive because you got to lift your... It was terrible. I couldn't even get out of bed. So, I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. How old were you when you injured yourself, your your hip... You remember how old you were? I think 15. 15. Either 15 or 16. So, sophomore, junior year? Yeah. Football injury? Yes. Okay. How long were you out of the game? Two weeks, I think, actually. Two weeks? Yeah. Man. Because when Which you're old, hard. when That's you get my age, if you break your hip, you're just dead. I mean, I'm I'm over 50 now. Like, once you break your hip, you're out. You're, you're out. You're just out. Yeah. I mean, and you're always like, you always have in the back of your mind, like, I only have so many games, so. <laughs> well, so walk with me here, because I'm going somewhere with this, and I think you're going to like it if you're listening to this podcast, because some of y'all are like, I didn't listen to talk about football. First of all, football's awesome. It's the greatest. It's way better than soccer to our international listeners. I know we've got at least two international listeners. Anyway, we love you, though. Uh, we do. We love you. <laughs> so, Cole, you were, you had a, you tore something in your hip. You're out for two weeks and then you came back and played again right mm-hmm. here's a, this is the point i'm trying to make when cole got injured and he didn't even know we we're going to talk about this when cole got injured he he didn't quit the game and when cole got injured he wasn't told by coaches you can never play again because everybody knows that injury is a part of the game it's always a risk 
especially when you get on the football field. Watching college football, like when you get two grown men running at each other at a full rate of speed and they collide, the potential for a lot of things breaking is real. And so at the end of the day, you, you probably played a few games hurt. Am I correct? Yeah. My dad always said there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Exactly. Know the difference between the two. That's for sports, not for leadership. I well, think, no, but. it kind of applies to leadership, too, because I know a lot of leaders out there that'll say, I got hurt, first of all. And once again, another podcast idea for another time. But just because you get injured, like if you get injured in sports, you you rehab your injury and you get back in the game. Doesn't mean you're done. If you get injured in ministry, they take you behind the church and shoot you in the head, um, figuratively speaking. Yes. I'm just saying that great athletes learn how to play the game hurt. And as if we're going to be great leaders, we're going to have to face the fact that because we're leaders, we're going to get wounded. I heard Rick Warren say, I actually remember who said this. Um, Rick Warren said one time, if you're going to call the shots, you've got to take the shots. Mm. And I've never forgotten that. He also said that you can always tell who the pioneers are because they have arrows in their back. Mm. Reference to, I'm not sure that's a very politically correct reference now, but um, I don't care because this is not a politically correct podcast. (laughs) So, um, Five temptations that all wounded leaders face. This is cool. I'm excited about this because we've talked a lot in the past about how there are a lot of people out there that have been hurt by the church that should probably be in ministry. 100%. So I, I think this might help somebody today that maybe you're confused about whether or not you should be in ministry or not. But number one here, you have um, the first temptation of a wounded leader is the temptation to hide. Talk about that. So when a leader gets wounded, okay, so first of all, there's not a person on the planet that hasn't screwed up their life in some way, shape, form, or fashion. They haven't messed up. They haven't made a mistake or whatever. Mm-hmm. The problem with a leader, especially like a church leader, is when we mess up, and we do, when we mess up, our problems are made known to everyone. And while um, while there's... There's a benefit in being in a large city. Most leaders in churches are in smaller suburban areas, and so everybody knows everything about everybody. So if, if you screw up, so this is Anderson, South Carolina, um, not a very big place. So when all my stuff came out in 2016, I wanted to hide. Mm-hmm. And and there's the reason we want to hide is because there's there's shame, fear, and doubt. And 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 if we hide, um, we feel like we don't have to face it. And the one of the most dangerous things for a leader to do when they've been wounded is isolation. If if you look at the enemy and the way he works, it, the way he picks off the disciples after Jesus is arrested is he isolates them. So he gets Hmm. Peter isolated from Jesus and he gets Peter isolated from the rest of the disciples. And then that's when Peter denies Jesus. Peter would have never denied Jesus had he stayed with his crew and stayed close to Jesus. But isolation always leads to destruction because if I get wounded and I get by myself and I get isolated, 
that's when I'm that's when I'm going to gravitate toward doing something stupid and sinful. Yeah. And you know, we've talked before about how like let's say you you're a church leader and you you have somebody on your staff or or something that that messes up. Mhm. For some reason, we, you know, we've we've turned Christianity into this this black and white like if if you mess up in this area, you can no longer be a part of this organization. Like the temptation is for to kick them out. And as people that have experienced, both of us have experienced that. Yes. Like forcing people into isolation, like kicking them out of the circle, is actually more destructive than it is helpful. Yes. It and it, that's not to minimize the sin. No, it's not, not at to all. minimize anything. But the thing that people that mess up need the most are people, people. around them because once again. Our natural tendency is to isolate, and that's where we do mm-hmm. stupid things. Number two uh, is self-doubt. So once again, when um, I went through my, I'll just call it my valley experience, um, I experienced a lot of self-doubt. Like, okay, maybe I was enough to lead this church for this season but now I've lost it, by the way. Craig Rochelle's book, It. Very good. The, his latest one. What's it called? Is it called It? What, the, I, I can't, why can't I think of the title the right now? The Power of It or the... I can't remember. Some, we all read it. It's some good It, man. <laughs> Somebody Google that. Google the name of that book. I know the name of that book. I read it. I, 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 Lead Like It Matters. Lead Like It Matters. Like it matters. Oh, yeah, my that's right. gosh. Once again. I was way off. That's a... Uh, I mean, he's not sponsoring this podcast. He probably should because I'm plugging his book right now. Yeah. And he's probably not listening. But if you are listening, Craig, you should at least buy our church an LED wall or something. Um, for the kingdom. For the kingdom. But at the end of the day, I, you feel like you lost it. And you start, like for me, I started doubting myself. And and Cole, you went through a wounded season. We'll, we'll talk about that sometime. And yeah. I know you dealt with some self-doubt as well. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to separate like I made a bad decision and I'm not good enough anymore or like I lost all my skills or all my potential or you know what I mean? We we believe I made a bad decision, therefore I will never be a good leader again. Yes. And, and that's when, tough. Well, you're thinking in you're thinking in extremes. Mm-hmm. And you're 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 being emotional. And one of the things I've learned is when we are emotional, we're not rational. Like, who has ever made a great decision when they're fiery, angry, or in deep weeping? Nobody said, man, I got so mad in traffic, and my blood was boiling, and what I did, I'm so proud of. It was a great... No, when we get emotional, we cease to be rational. Yeah. And it, So for me, I dealt with a lot of... Well, my season's over, I guess. I guess I need to go sell insurance or sell cars or no disrespect to anybody who sells insurance or sells cars. I'm just saying I just didn't think maybe my time's done. Yeah, and just to be honest, like for me at least, I don't know about you, like those things creep up even still to this day. Like that's a battle that doesn't just go away. I think there's not a leader on the planet that doesn't deal with self-doubt. Yeah. it it And it always finds its way in it doesn't matter how great something is. I think it's that thing we're always going to wrestle with. 
Always. Yeah, like if you don't deal with self-doubt every once in a while, maybe you're not supposed to be in ministry. If you don't deal with self-doubt, there's probably a pride thing. And I've always told people I would rather someone struggle with porn than struggle with pride. Mm. Because pride will get you a cut in the line to hell. Because I mean, think about it. God did not catch Satan looking at porn. Mm. He caught Satan trying to lead a rebellion because Satan was filled with pride. Pride got Satan kicked out of heaven, wow. but it's the only accept, it's it's the only acceptable sin in the church. Think about it. I Pride read my Bible. Fear. I read my Bible every day this week. Well, is that are you making it? Should you just want to step on stage and we'll just sing a song to you instead of Jesus because that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know. So anyway, yeah. Wow. Okay. So the the third temptation all wounded leaders face is seeking affirmation in the wrong places. Tell us about that. So if we're not careful as a leader, we'll start doing things and saying things just to get affirmation from people. For example, let's say um, you're, you're preaching a sermon and Cole, you, you preach every week. You, you know, you, so you know this and, and it's not going good. And there's nothing worse than preaching a sermon. And you feel like you're in quicksand because you're like, It's the worst. The anointing of God has left my (laughs) life. And so there there's some phrases that you can throw in that just get you know what, guys, I just want to stop right now and acknowledge the fact that Jesus is Lord and the tomb is empty. Well, Let's okay. pray and get out of here. Which is true, but you were just talking about Job, and I don't how like that's a jump evil Knievel couldn't make, you know? Yeah. Um. So for me, I I, I would seek affirmation. I, I my temptation is to you know, and we talked about this at a, at another point, but you know, you go online and you look at the negative stuff, but also you can go online and and start looking at the positive stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes that can be just as dangerous because you can you can underestimate um the value of the people around you and overestimate the value of the positive comments that you mm-hmm. might be getting online. It's it's like, well, you know, this person likes it and this person likes it and this, or you'll you'll begin to put things on social media just because you know you're going to get mm. amen. Wow. And sometimes you'll do that to take a cheap shot at somebody um, and just because you know you'll get an amen. And it's that it's that thing where if we start seeking affirmation in the wrong places, then it well, it's, it's one of the greatest temptations. Mm-hmm. Think about this. Satan tempted Jesus with that. He takes Jesus to the top of the temple and says, throw yourself off the temple. Um, because, and then, and then what's funny is Satan actually quotes the Bible to Jesus, which has always been funny. He quotes the word to the word. Yeah. And, and Jesus of course hits him back with a Bible, but that's, that's a temptation that we're going to face because Jesus faced it. Mm -hmm. Seeking out, like impress people instead of follow your calling. So where do you, where do you get help your healthy affirmation from besides Jesus? I mean, I know that's That's the answer, but it's just me and Jesus. (laughs) Jesus is my co-pilot. No, he's not. He's my pilot. <laughs> anyway, um, I've got I've got an inner circle, and then I got like an inner inner circle. And as long as the people in those two circles um, are mostly with me, then mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah. 
like I, I've always said, you know, our the staff that we've got, we're pretty tight. We're the Island of Misfit Toys. We're a team. Um, Shannon, my wife, uh, cares my daughter on some things because I mean I love her, but she is 15 mm-hmm. years old. Yep. She'll and she tells you that she'll go. I'm emotional right now. I'm 15. Okay, well that's the most self. She just I've, calls herself out. She does. It's the most amazing thing. It's very funny. By the way, she wants to be on the podcast. Really? Yeah. I asked her. I said, "What will we talk about?" She said, "I don't know." I went. Okay, well, we'll she would be great, actually. She really man. would. I we'll, think people would want to hear that. We'll figure it out. That's an idea. We'll, we'll figure, <laughs> Haley's got two, two, two separate lists going. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's a, it's a dangerous thing when we start seeking affirmation in, in the wrong places. Awesome. So we're on number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth temptation all wounded leaders face is that they accept less than the best. Yes. When. When we make a bad decision, um, or when we and we ultimately get wounded by our own stupid, foolish, sinful, selfish decision, I think I covered all the categories there. Um, we'll we'll start saying, "Well, I guess the quality of my leadership isn't as good anymore because I made a personal bad decision, or I made a bad decision that negatively affected the church or the organization or the department that I'm over." And so because of that, what we'll do is go, well, why, why even try? Why even try to do what's right? Why even try to do what's best? Why, not, why don't I just come up with something and, and go with it? And the other thing that goes along with that is um, we won't challenge others to do their best because we feel hip- hypocritical. Like, I can't challenge you to do your best because I'm not doing my best. Mm. You know, so That's good. It, it really tears away at the foundation of our leadership because we're sitting in front of a team, whether you lead one person or 12 people or which if you lead 12, you're like Jesus. <laughs> and, or if you lead like a hundred people, it doesn't matter if, if you are accepting less than the best from yourself, then you really do feel like a hypocrite when you say, Hey guys, why, why aren't we doing this? Or why aren't we doing this? Or why aren't we doing this? So it don't just affect you. It affects everybody you lead. Yeah. I think this one's, deeply personal to me because for me, I I had felt like for, for years I had poured myself into what I was doing in ministry and I'm at a church and, you know, then I come here and there's almost this, this thing in the back of your mind that like says it wasn't worth it back then to give it your all. Like, is it worth it now? Like, is the same thing going to happen? You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. That thought is in my mind at least once a week. Yeah. Um. You, you know what? On my workout playlist. So I my workout playlist has been the same for um about five years. What's I mean, your favorite I, song on the playlist? So I'm about to tell you. So one of my favorite songs for good reasons and bad reasons on the playlist is a song called "Wanted Dead or Alive" by Bon Jovi. Okay. And. Hey, do you even know who Bon Jovi I is? I do, actually. Do you know that song? I do. Okay. You want me to sing Listen, it? No, not okay. ever. <laughs> Listen to that song. And this is for Ever Leader. Listen to that song, but listen to it as if Bon Jovi were singing it from a preacher's standpoint, from a leader, church leader's standpoint. Hmm. And it will literally, like, I, if you do it, the first time I did it, I, t- I had to take the day, rest of the day just to think about it. Some of the lyrics in that song. 
but he basically says, "Wow, I'm like thinking through the verses." Ba- he's basically saying, "You know what? I just go in front of these people, and it's the same people, and I have to walk away." And you know, I I've seen a million faces, and I rocked them all. But at yeah. the end of the day, I'm you know walk off stage, and I'm so it's it's one of those That's things. Good, it it is really good. Yeah, like it when you think about it from a. And I know some of y'all don't listen to secular music. Well, that's why you're so boring. That's why you need to, you need you need some John Bon Jovi in your life. You really do. You do. Hair metal bands from the '80s are the are the best. But yeah, you you start thinking, man, these people are gonna hurt me too, which causes you to give less than your best. Yes, every because because you you go in to something and you're not gonna give 100. percent You're gonna give 80 percent because you're you're trying to guard your wounds. Yep, and that's. That's a that's a dangerous, dangerous. place to be. Mm-hmm. So, last but not least, number five, the fifth temptation wounded leaders face uh, is to stop trusting people. I can probably write a book on this one. I was going to say because... this one. I, I feel like is one that, not to call you out, just we've just had conversations about how it's been hard for you to learn how to trust people again. I'm just now getting to where I can trust at the level that I need to trust for our church to be healthy. Mm. Now, let me pause. I want to just completely, and I'm going to do this often on this podcast for about the next six months or so. Yeah. Um, I want to own what I did that was wrong. I always want to own what I did. I always want to own the fact that I'm not a victim. Um, I always want to own that. But because of how everything Happen and not just that one event, but it's just ministry. If, yeah. if you've been in church work for more than ten minutes, you've got a story where somebody betrayed your trust. Yeah. It's just out there. And so when I first started doing the church and we were doing it online, it's pretty easy because staff meeting was when I got out of bed and looked at myself in the mirror every morning. That was <laughs> that was a pretty it's a pretty scary staff meeting. Um, but you know, then you I started hiring people, and then more then some people wanted to go have lunch. I'm like, why do they want to have lunch? And mm-hmm. do they just want to know the the story? And it 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 took some time, but at the end of the day, you there's not a leader on the planet that can accomplish the vision that God has put in their heart all by themselves. God specifically gives leaders vision that's gonna have to cause them to lead other if you can accomplish your vision by yourself, then that's not a vision from God. Mm. Think about what, my favorite book in the Old Testament, Testament, Nehemiah. That dude had a vision. But he, I mean, he. I guess he could have rebuilt the wall by himself, but that would have, that would have been a little bit unnecessary, taken yeah. a long time. Instead, he just goes into the city. It, it blows my mind. He goes around the city. He looks. He gets in the middle of the group, and he goes, hey, guys, we don't have a wall. We should build one. And everybody goes, woohoo. Okay. It had been that way for decades. Mm-hmm. He didn't tell them anything new, right? Yeah. So from so saying all that to say you got to learn how to lead people, but you can't lead people effectively if you're always thinking that they're gonna come behind you and shank you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know what? In in church world, <laughs> you will get shanked. They will stab you in the back, and they will write a Bible verse on the knife they stab you with. So yeah. it's it's dangerous, right? But at the end of the day, we've got to learn how to to trust people. Because um, the, the way I deal with it is, number one, I have two things in mind. Number one, people will hurt you. And by the way, as leaders, 
we hurt other people, whether it's intentional or unintentional. I mean, it just comes with the territory, right? Yeah, yeah. But number two, you've got to work through reestablishing trust. Now, the best example of this that I can think of was, um, I mean, let's face it, Peter screwed up. I mean, and we, we pick on him a lot, but he did step up and say, I will never deny you. These fools probably will, but not me, right? And then he does it. The next day. Yeah, just in less than 24 hours. Like, I'll never deny you. I don't know who he is. Um, and so the next day, he denies, or within 24 hours, he denies Jesus. Yeah. And then he goes to Galilee, and he goes fishing. So he goes back to what he was doing. What does Jesus do? He pursues him. Mm-hmm. He goes to Galilee. He says, hey, let's sit down. Let's have some Let's have some breakfast. Peter jumps Wait, off the boat. Peter jumps off the boat. I'm not sure about fish for breakfast, but hey, it was, maybe it's a cultural thing. <laughs> um, and Jesus reestablishes trust with Peter. It's not that... It's not that Jesus needed to do that, because, I mean, he's Jesus. He knew he could trust Peter, right? But yeah. he needed to do it for Peter's sake. Mm. Um, and I think in that, Cole, he models for us that as leaders, there's sometimes we got to pursue people in order to reestablish trust with them. And if it can't be done, it can't be done. But at the end of the day, we can't accomplish the vision that God has placed in our hearts if we don't learn how to trust people. And when you get hurt, ask God to heal that hurt and ask God, you know, to continue to put people in your lives who you can trust. I love it, man. I love Craig Rochelle. You've probably heard this talks about how like trust is given and mistrust is earned. And that's something that they kind of live by Mm -hmm. at their church. And I don't know. I think that's a lot of times I think Jesus chooses to trust us first. And it's us that actually in a way, try to earn his mistrust, but I think it's in that tr- choosing to trust where it's both healthy for the leader and the the staff member or the other person. 100%. Trust is a it's choice. It's actually good for both of you. Yeah. Trust yeah. is a choice. You're going to have to choose to trust or choose not to trust. And I mean, not to get super hyper, like, you know, make a big deal out of it, but your entire uh, trust is the trust is the glue that holds the team together. Or it's the wild pack of dogs that tears it apart. That was kind of graphic. We won't edit that out though, because uh, yeah, we wild need to pack keep of those dogs to... would tear you apart. That'd be, that'd be a horrible way to go. <laughs> horrible way to go. Well, that's all five. Do you have anything you want to leave us with here today? No, just well, just yeah, just one thing. Just to, all leaders at the end of the day are gonna get wounded, but just because you're wounded, it doesn't mean you're worthless. I'll say mm. it again. Just because you're wounded. It doesn't mean you're worthless. You still have value to the king. In fact, in fact, sometimes when you get, sometimes you do your best work after you're wounded. Think about this. Peter was wounded. He denied Jesus. Fifty days later, he preaches a sermon, and three thousand people big get one. saved. Yeah. So because he was willing to work through his wounds, his own personal wounds, I mean, he obviously wasn't worthless. Can I? Do, and I just want to say something. I'm not trying to like get charismatic here, but I almost want to like speak this over some people that are potentially listening like maybe you at some point had gotten hurt by a church and maybe you're in ministry and you got out of it and maybe (laughs) for you it's maybe even through this podcast realizing like god still has a plan for your life maybe possibly in the church too i would tell you to get back in the game yeah 
There, hell is too hot, life is too short, and too many people are walking away from the church. And if you've got a bunch of pompous assholes screaming the word disqualified at you, shut that down and keep moving forward. I'm in, I love it. Amen? Amen. All right. That was fun. Thank you so much for joining the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. If you had small children around when I said that last word <laughs> that technically is in the King James Version of the Bible. Um, yeah. It's scriptural. Yeah, it is. Just always know that that could always work, it way, work its way into one of these podcasts. But thanks for listening. If you want to sponsor us, you can email us at podcast at secondchance.is. Good job. Yeah. I don't know how much it, we would charge you or whatever, but it'd be kind of nice. Or to if know you have you. a question. Or if you have a question, leadership question, shoot us an email. We'd love to answer your questions. Thank you for listening today. We can't wait for the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com. <laughs>